Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm the man this season. Bossing with my devils and some angels now recent. Yeah. Been burning it. That ain't no secret. Used to fit a crown, but I put it ain't no defense. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Impartial Viewers. My name is Jamal Gaines. And with me always... Sebastian Merrick and today we have an extremely special guest joining us Bob Rathbun the play-by-play voice of the Atlanta Hawks he's you've heard him on some of the most iconic calls in the NBA he's an absolute legend and we're extremely excited to have him Bob how are you doing today hey guys I'm doing great thanks for having me on awesome awesome so can you give us a background to what got you to this point as the play-by-play broadcaster of the Atlanta Hawks I'll give you the thumbnail version. Um, <laughs> I had a very unique start uh, to my career. I grew up in a small town in North Carolina. And when I was 12 years old, I had a chance to broadcast a half an inning of a baseball game. And uh, the guy, the team that we were doing, uh, the first baseman came up and hit a home run and I got to call it. And that's how it started for me when I was 12. Uh Stuck with it, wrote for the newspaper in town, covered my high school team, worked at the radio station. But I knew the first day that I walked into that station, this is what I wanted to do. And when I was 19, I went to work full time and I went to school full time. So uh, I got the best of both worlds. I got the broadcasting going early. I was uh, I had a chance to get the journalism end of it with the newspaper business and working at the newsroom at the station. And then I worked for the school. I was the school sports information director. So I had a chance to do a little bit of everything, and it was great. And from there, I went to Norfolk, Virginia, got into television, uh, started calling games when ESPN got going in the 80s, and uh, later worked for CBS, and went to Detroit, did the Tigers on radio for three years, and then came to Atlanta in 96, and I've been here ever since. Awesome. Awesome. It's working. Yes, sir. (laughs) My my one of my big questions, of course, is uh, how's it like to work with Dominique Wilkins as your color commentator every game? That has to be a great experience, of course. Oh, it's tremendous! And I'll tell you something interesting about my relationship with Dominique. I had a chance to broadcast him in high school when he was playing, wow. in college at the University of Georgia, and of course at the tail end of his NBA career uh, when he was with his brother in Orlando. Uh, I missed his time when he played for the Hawks, but I did get a chance to do him at the end. And then he's been my partner for the last 10 years here. Uh, So we've known each other a very long time and uh, it's great. You know, you sit next to a hall of famer. uh, The stories are fantastic. Uh, And he's he's one of the greatest 
people ever. I mean, just an absolute uh, gem. Never turns down an autograph, a picture. Uh, he is a fan favorite and always will be. You know, he hadn't played in 30 years, and his popularity is as high today as it's ever been. So he's really a great guy, and, and I, it's a pleasure to be with him every night. That's awesome. That's awesome. So covering the Atlanta Hawks, how would you analyze the Hawks season last year compared to this year? Obviously, kind of had a tough start, but rebounded, found their way into the eighth seed. So how would you, being around the team every day, how would you say the Hawks season went overall, in your opinion? I think all of us feel like it was a disappointment. You know, mm-hmm. the the bar of expectation was raised pretty high the previous year you know, to be two wins away from the finals. And so everybody, at least the fans, you know, felt like we're just going to pick up right where we left off. Well, you know, it doesn't happen that way. Yeah. You know, Miami goes to the finals in the bubble. They get swept in the first round the next year, make it back to the Eastern finals the next year. So, I mean, there's a, there's sort of a roller coaster that we all go through. Uh, but for us, I think it was a bit of a disappointment. Uh, and there was a lot of factors. I think the fact that we played so late in the summer, uh, our last game last year was July the 3rd, so wow. uh, we still haven't hit that date yet. Um, <laughs> it it sort of hamstrung us because we had four guys having procedures or surgeries, so they didn't really have a chance to do anything during the summer. Uh, they weren't allowed to run until October 1st, and that's Capella and Hunter and uh, Okongwu had a shoulder. So, I mean, they, they were all banged up. As a young group, I don't think we took the regular season as seriously as we needed to. COVID caught up with us. You know, two weeks we had 12 guys, excuse me, we had 12 guys out uh, for a two-week period right around Christmas. That hurt us. But all that said, had we just taken care of business against bad teams and mm-hmm. not gone through the COVID, and, and everybody went through COVID, so it's not an excuse. But if we'd have just had a normal year, I think we would have won 50 games and been in a lot better shape. We won 43 the way it was. Yeah. But, um, you know, we had all kinds of injuries. You know, John Collins missed 35 games, something like that. Wow. That's yeah. a lot of games to miss your starting power forward. And we really don't have another one. You know, Gallo tried to play it, but that's not his uh, forte to rebound like John and, and play mm-hmm. defense and score and, you know, all that. So we really didn't have John. You know, Capella wasn't himself until the last two months. Um, you know, Hunter missed a lot of time. Bogey missed a lot of time. I mean, it was just one after the other. So I think all that said, uh, we could have done a lot better than we did. But the way it ended, I think, is what most people will remember about this season. I mean, we just got punked by Miami. There's no other way to say it. And uh, I hope that it has left as bitter a taste in the players' mouths as it has mine, because <laughs> I'm still not over it. And uh, I can't. I wish training camp started tomorrow. <laughs> that's kind of how I feel personally as a Cavs fan, the way you guys <laughs> in the play. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and Cleveland's another example. I mean, here you're having one of the great turnaround seasons, right? You know, in recent memory. I mean, you're rolling. Yeah. And then boom, down go, you know, obviously Sexton went out, but down goes Rubio, who's playing great. You know, down go the bigs. And then all of a sudden, you know, nobody, not Golden State, nobody has the depth these days to withstand multiple hits to your starting lineup. They just don't. Salary cap. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And, and, I, and I, 
And I'm convinced that we would have won 50 games too had the injuries. Oh, yeah. No doubt. There's no question. No doubt about it. Well, I, I, I wish I could get in this talk about my organization with the San Antonio Spurs, but <laughs> I feel like we're, we're definitely on the come up next year. <laughs> They're not going to stay down long. That's exactly. That's how I feel no, too. I, Pop, there's no way Pop's going out with a bad team. And I, I think they got some nice building blocks, but it just shows you. You know, I mean, look at San Antonio. You have David Robinson for as long as you have him. And then when David's about ready to hang it up, here comes Tim Duncan. <laughs> now, obviously, you get Parker and Ginobili and, you know, Sean Elliott and a lot of great players. But who has that kind of luck that yeah. you get two guys that are Hall of Famers? and all-time greats to to come right one right after the other so it's uh as much as we scout and as much as we you know sign guys and develop guys and all that stuff it takes a little bit of luck yes sir i had a chance to speak with rc buford a few months ago um and just hearing how his process works and their main aspect is the character aspect when it comes to the spurs organization so that all that is Phenomenal to learn and take in at such a young age and all that. Uh-huh. They, they, they do it right. I mean, just look at the coaches and executives that they've produced since Pop took over. I mean, it's crazy, you know, Bud, Quinn Snyder. I mean, the list just goes on and on. And that's just the coaches, you know. There's a whole bunch of assistants, too. Uh, you know, Becky Hammond, probably the next. Uh, to become a head coach in the NBA. So there's a lot going on with that, that they do right. And so they won't be down long. Yes, sir. Segwaying back to your team, of course, um, as an amazing player like Trey Young, what is it like to just be able to watch him play every game? And Well, you know, it, oh, it's great fun. I mean, the guy takes your breath away practically every night. But I'm not as, as excited about his scoring as I am about his passing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have gone on record as saying, and of course, when you're 7,000 years old, like I am, you've seen a lot of players. And to me, he's the closest thing I've ever seen to Pete Maravich come along in the NBA. Now for our younger fans, uh, Maravich was everything Trey is. And he was six foot five without a three point line as well, without a three point yeah. line. Yes, sir. And Average 44 points a game in college without a three-point line. Yes, sir. That's my favorite player of all time. Is it really? Yes, sir. I was well, autobiography uh, in the room. You, you know, know, God rest his soul. He he was uh, a unique talent, you know, uh, a tragic life uh, in a lot of ways, uh, passed way too soon. But, you know, Pete was, you know, it was a tough time for him here. Um, you know, gets big money, teammates resent him. You know, you're talking about the – late 60s, early 70s in the deep south and you know, it wasn't like it is today. And so there's a lot of a lot of uh best way to say it, but it was there was an uneasiness. You know, the team already had a star, Lou Hudson, and all of a sudden they bring Maravich in. And uh but I I'll tell you who loves Pete Maravich, Dominique Wilkins, <laughs> because Pete used to coach him. Oh, wow. Uh, about the ways of the NBA when Neek was growing up at Georgia. You know, once once Neek got to UGA, you know, Pete was an established star in the NBA. 
and uh, and during the summertime, uh, he would he would help Neek almost every day learn the pro game, and so Neek just swears by him, and uh, one of the all time great players. But my point about the Trey Young comparison is the passing. Uh, Maravich could make these unbelievable passes. And Trey's that way, you know, and and how Trey does it at his size is so remarkable to me. How how does he see them? You know, uh, it's incredible. So yeah, he can score. Uh, he's a good shooter. He's not a great shooter from distance, but he takes it because it keeps the defense honest, and he makes just enough of them to make the defense honor the outside shot. And of course, that creates passing lanes and space for him to drive and do other things. So uh, the one thing that he can do as good as anybody ever already is the floater. I mean, he's flat, got it down. And that is a very difficult shot. As you watch guys clank them, you see, I mean, it is not an easy shot to make. And, and he's got that mastery. And if you, if you come up, if the big comes up, he'll lob it to John or Capella. If the big drops, in goes the floater. So, I mean, it's a pretty lethal weapon. And you see why Miami, you know, orchestrated their defense to keep him from doing that because that took away a big part of his game. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we want to get into the recent coaching hires. You've covered the uh-huh. – you've actually covered the past three coaching moves as assistants was all three with Quinn Snyder, Darvin Ham, and Kenny Atkinson all being former assistants with the Atlanta Hawks. So we'll start with Quinn and, and Taylor Jenkins and Taylor Jenkins. Right. Yeah, Taylor Absolutely. Jenkins. You know, all four of those guys were assistant coaches for bud in the 13, 14 season. Yeah. And Char- Charles Lee, who will be a head coach soon as yep, well. No doubt. So that's great. So, yeah. And that nuts. It's just an absolutely insane coaching staff. Um, but let's start with Quinn Snyder sure. res- resigning. How how surprised were you about that, that Quinn Snyder decided to step away from the Utah Jazz? I haven't spoken with Quinn, but I'm not um, totally shocked. You know, when you have a new owner and a new basketball ops head, Danny Ainge, you know, now you got Dwayne Wade coming in, you know, it's different. You know, and and the one thing you talk about the Spurs example, the one thing you have to have to have success, in my opinion, is you've got to have ownership, management, and head coach in lockstep. And if you're not, then there's going to be some problems. Can you do it without lockstep? Yeah, probably. And I'm sure there are plenty of examples. But to win big, you got to have it. Boom, boom, boom. Miami, you know, Pat, boom, Eric, boom. You know, I mean, it's just there's no question who's in charge. So if Quinn didn't feel like he had that kind of support anymore, I'm not surprised that he would step aside. He will have zero trouble getting another job when he wants to get it. Might be down in San Antonio. He might be the next guy. <laughs> Just saying. I wouldn't be surprised uh, by that one either. No, because, you know, he, he obviously coached the G League team and very close to that organization. So uh, that's that's my take on Quinn. Uh, Kenny got screwed in Brooklyn, uh, never should have been fired. And you saw the dumpster fire it turned into not that Steve Nash couldn't coach or do anything, but when you, when you let the owner dictate the coach and player personnel and all that stuff, you're, you're going down a wrong road and they proved it. You know, chemistry is not important until you don't have it and they don't have it and they won't have it. 
I mean, not as long as Kyrie's there. It's just not going to happen. So Kenny's got a great opportunity in Charlotte. Uh, I'm sure that'll be announced first thing next week. Um, and he'll do a great job because that's his sweet spot. You know, kind of a smaller market, young team, needs guidance. Kenny now has the pedigree of a championship behind him. Uh, so they'll listen to him. And uh, I think Charlotte got the right guy and, and he'll put together a great staff. Obviously, Taylor Jenkins, uh, you know, could have been coach of the year, awesome. right? Awesome. Uh, and I don't think anybody would have been upset. You know, it's kind of Monty's turn to win it because he didn't win it last <laughs> year. But uh, but Taylor did a great job at Memphis. And Darvin Ham's now going to get his opportunity with the Lakers. So uh, these guys all know what they're doing. Uh, it's just a matter of getting their chance and the right opportunity. But for a lot of first-year head coaches, and I think Darvin's going to find this out, as great as you might be, if you don't have the horses or you got some internal issues going on, ain't gonna happen because you just you can't overcome it. The the way the Lakers are inside out, or I, I better say, better said upside down with their salaries, how they're gonna put a team together, I don't know. You know, and, and if they're gonna stick to it and try to get Westbrook to play the four or something, uh, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard. Anthony Davis has proven he cannot stay on the court. You know, LeBron slowing down on the defensive end. It's not a very good defensive team. You know, Darwin's going to demand that they play defense. So it's good. It's not going to be as easy as just, hey, I'm Darwin Ham and start, you know, here's how, here's the layup line and let's go. Uh, it's going to take a little work. You know, Taylor had the young team uh, and could implement it right away. Obviously, Bud knows what he's doing. Uh, Quinn had a great team at Utah that he built. He and, and, and Zanuck and those guys built that. Uh, and Kenny, I think, will you know, had Brooklyn going in the right direction. So you got to build, got to be patient, but they're wonderful friends of mine. I love them all. And they're just, they're just great guys. And I'm happy for them. So I had a question regarding Kenny Atkinson with the Hornets. Cause even though they just got rid of who I feel like is a great person and coach with James Varego, uh -huh. another Spurs guy. I, I don't know if people really highlight the distractions. I feel like a lot of the Hornets players have, how, how would you feel about oh, yeah. that? Oh, yeah, they're young guys, you know, and uh, they like the limelight, you know, they like mm -hmm. the money and the attention and all that stuff. But you've got to put in the work and there's no substitute for that. You've got to do it. And when you got a really young team and you don't have the vets to back you up in the locker room, it makes it doubly tough. All that said, Coach Borrego did a wonderful job. Their record improved every year. What cost him was back-to-back -back blowouts in the play-in tournament. Um, is that fair? Blowouts at that. Pardon? Uncompetitive blowouts in that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we took them apart. And, <laughs> I mean, the Pacers destroyed them, you know, two yeah. years ago. So, um, is that fair? Probably not. But, you know, kind of the world we live in. Uh, in the NBA these days. But I'm sure when you see a change like that, there's probably stuff going on behind the scenes in a locker room. Uh, there's some something's amiss. So uh, a new voice like Kenny comes in and maybe he can straighten it out. Yeah, speaking of that with Darvin Ham too, because I, the thing Jamal and I have talked about this on previous episodes before, 
We worry about because I don't think any we question Darvin Ham. I think we both think Darvin Ham's going to be a great coach. We worry is who's involved with the Lakers. Like is Kurt Rambis still involved? Is Linda Rambis still involved? Like there are too many voices. I feel like behind the scenes that could potentially hurt Darvin. What would you say to that? Hard to say because you're not there and you're mm-hmm. not in the room with them. But I'm sure that Darvin, knowing him as I do, you know, made it very clear that we're going to do this my way. And what leads me to believe that is he cleaned out his coaching staff. Yeah. So, or the old coaching staff. And and um, when you do that, then you're kind of sending the message that you know, the old way is not acceptable. So I'll leave it at that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, more of the other questions, of course, like you said, when you were 12, you found your start in the broadcasting and everything. What what advice would you give to someone looking to enter the sports field or the sports broadcasting and all of that? Like what, what would be the main steps for someone to take to get to the position and have the career that you've had? Wow, how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> I, I think the, the, the number one thing, and it's kind of a pyramid, but I think the number one thing is, why do you want to do it? You know, this is a, it's a business that looks very glamorous from the outside. You know, uh, you're on television, you're in the NBA, but I'm telling you, pro sports is a tough gig, man. It is a tough gig. But if you have the passion and the desire to do this, then you'll find a way to get started. Then once you get started, I think there are two main things uh, that you have to be able to conquer and master. And that is you have to speak well and you have to write well. And so I would encourage anybody, particularly if you're still in college, uh, to take advantage of your time there with the campus station, with the, the student newspaper, you know, if it's just online or whatever it is, write, 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 broadcast, 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 because you just it's something you have to get reps in to get good at. It's not something you can learn in the classroom. You know, you've got to get out there and do it. Be so inspired that you'll do anything. I When I was coming up, you know, they had me in the newsroom, uh, DJ. I mean, I did a little bit of everything, which, you know, in a small town, North Carolina, uh, small station, you had to, you know, there just weren't enough people. But it was the best experience because I got to do a little bit of everything. You know, I read the hog market report. I read the you know, the obituary column of the air. I mean, I, I did it all. And it just helps you become a better sports broadcaster. Bottom line to this business is you've got to be a storyteller and a good one. You got to learn to, how to tell a story, how to use your voice, uh, how to do it on camera, how to do it painting the picture on radio when nobody can see what you can see. In television, you know, we supply subtitles to the picture. I'm looking at the same game you're looking at, okay? So what can I add that you don't see? And that's why in television, the analyst is the star. That's why Tony Romo gets a million dollars a game and Troy Aikman gets what he gets and all that, because his job is to show you what you didn't see. This is why that backdoor cut worked. 
This is why that wide receiver got open. This was that hanging curveball they hit 500 feet. <laughs> you didn't might not have seen it live, but on replay, the analyst can can describe it to you. I on television, I tell you what you already can see. Gotcha. All right. So gotcha. that's that's kind of a 30,000 foot view. But <laughs> if you just if you learn how to speak well and write well, that will give you a lifetime worth of work right there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Bob, we appreciate you taking the time to join us today. It's, it's definitely an absolute honor to have you on. Um, and on behalf of Jamal and I, thank you so much for taking the time. You're welcome. It was a pleasure joining in. Good luck. What's next for you guys? So that, that's to, to be determined for, for me. I'm, I just graduated college. So Where'd you um, go? UMBC. So um, just kind of in, the, in that job market right now, looking for a job in the NBA so in the, or in the G League. So just um, more broadcasting. So just, just a lot of different options, um, just trying to get my foot in the door, really. So, okay. Jamal? Uh, when it comes to me, uh, still playing college basketball this summer. It's my, uh, oh, I played at Park University in Missouri, but I'm currently looking to transfer. So just talking to a lot of schools and trying to find the best fit. But other than that, uh, it's my second year working for the San Antonio Spurs at the, as a camp coach. So I, I coach a lot of kids, have an AAU team, my coach, a lot of basketball teaching and all that, which really helps me get better myself. And then wanting to become a coach in the future, it's definitely a great job and path to have, especially only 19 years old. So I'm just trying to find the best way to get to where I want to go. Like how you said earlier, if, if there's a will, there's a way. Well, you're both off to great starts. And uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing you in the NBA very, very soon. Thank you. I appreciate that. I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Okay. Thank you. Of course, thank you. What an absolute honor that was, Jamal, to have uh, Bob Rathbun on. Um, somebody as accomplished as he is, um, who's who's just he's had years and years of experience. Um, I don't know about you, but that last comment saying we're both going to be in the NBA one day. I agree with that. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I realize I'm five foot nine. I get a little inch. Got a few more inches on that one. <laughs> but now that he's, of course, great talk. Always love getting new knowledge. Sebastian, get it out. What do you have to say? Ah, you want to just get into that already? Right. Let's get, do it. Get it over. Let's do it. So let's get into the finals. What's wrong? Um, let's, let's just go. talk about. Let's just get the did you hear point me? across. Did you, you want did, you did you hear me? I said, I, Jamal Gaines, was wrong. There you go. About I, what? About what? About what? About the Celtics beating the Warriors in seven games. But why? Why Why were you wrong? Why Why did you think the Sixers are going to win the finals? I can do that. My prediction uh, for the, the end of the year was that the Celtics and the Warriors are going to the finals. Okay. And you and you were wrong on your final. I told you it was going to be Warriors in six. You but did you not want to be the six. The series went exactly thought it was gonna be the as I thought the playoffs first started. Well, you yeah, Joel right. and B fractured his thumb. So that, that no, it still wouldn't have matter. I'm just making sure you know that, that changes you were everything. wrong. I was I was less wrong than you were wrong, but I guess well, the more no, no, the no. bigger wrong. This is was, this is your way to change wrong. the narrative. Why don't you first off apologize to Steph Curry? I think I think Steph Curry still is still not in the same conversation as LeBron James. No, I, I'm, I'm not, not saying he's in the same okay. conversation okay. as LeBron James, but he is an undisputed top ten player of all time. 15. Undisputed, he is a top current 15. top top. He's what? Top fifteen. I'm not giving him top ten yet. Top. Oh my god. I can't. I can't do it. 
Tough what does team. he have to do? What does he have to do for you? Not lose the finals MVP to Andre Iguodala? He just won the finals MVP. You think Curry's better than Magic Johnson? Who has No, three? not right now. No, but he's a uh, okay, top okay, 10 player so. of all time. He is a top 10 player of all what, time. What position is Magic Johnson? He's a, Steph Curry's the second greatest point guard to ever play the game of basketball. I'm just making sure because a lot of people over here is the second greatest point guard that ever crazy, played. Crazy, crazy. I'm making sure people. How is he not think, top 10, bro? Uh, not, how? He's got think, four rings, a finals MVP, which you said the one thing I need to take him seriously is a finals MVP. Yeah, seriously. Now he's top 15. He, he jumped up in my list of top 15. Oh he's, like, he's like 12 or 13 for me. <laughs> it's okay. Like, so, who, so who's ahead of him? So who's ahead of him then? I want, I want to hear this. I got to give you my list and a reason why. I, I couldn't tell you just off the top of my head, but I don't even have Kobe. I have Kobe at like eight or nine in my list. So why would I put Curry like right below? Kobe? All right. So who's your top five then? So who's your top five then? You got to know at least. Your top five? So who's, who's, so who's name the people that you know are cemented in, at the top of your list? So LeBron, Jordan, LeBron. LeBron, Jordan, Shaq, Kareem, and Magic. The so Shaq's, be Shaq's better than Kobe. 100% yes. <laughs> He's oh. the most dominant player of all time. Did, did, Shaq. Did, Shaq, did Shaq win a ring without Kobe? Yes. In Miami. He wasn't. Who's, who's the main guy on that team? I'm just, you just asked a question. I answered it. He wasn't the main guy. Did Shaq you win? A, the all right. Let me rephrase the question. <laughs> did Shaq win a ring as the main guy on the team? No. He did no, not. But I'm still saying Shaq is the most dominant player of all time. It's like he took the magic. With who? Come on, bro. Let's not do this, bro. Shaq's the most dominant player of all time. I, the disrespect that you've shown Steph Curry is like you, like you, you're just a hater at this point. I'm not a hater. I literally you, no, you clearly hate. are. The fact I that said he's twelve for thirteen. Yeah, you're that's over. Okay, so who are you putting them over? Who are you putting them over? So we got LeBron, Jordan, and no, and no order. Um, Kobe's in there. Bill Russell's in there. Kareem's in there. Magic's in there. Um, Hold on. Go, go back. You said LeBron, Jordan, Kareem, Magic. Bill Russell. Bill Russell. Who did we miss? I don't think you include Kobe in there. Kobe, that's six. You know, put Larry Bird in there. Okay, that's fine. Seven, keep going. You got three more spots is what I know you can do it. I mean, I, I you got three more spots to fill. I know you can do it. This is seven. I, I think Steph's probably number. I, I would take Steph. I would take Steph number eight. I would. I take Steph number eight. Un unless you can name somebody that that throw that can that can Tim Duncan as all time player. I, I'm taking Steph Curry over Tim Duncan. I'm, I'm putting Tim Duncan as an all time player. I love Tim Duncan. I think Tim Duncan represents everything basketball should be represented about. I, I can give Curry. So. He's the number one shooter. Perfectly. Yeah, number one shooter. Yeah. All time. He has one finals MVP and one Western Conference finals MVP. So. Bro, he has four rings. Yep. He, the, the, Steph Curry has the effect on the Warriors that LeBron has on his teams. And that whenever Steph Curry does okay, not play. Does LeBron have, does LeBron no, 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 have, no, 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 no. Let me finish. Does LeBron when, have Clay Thompson and Draymond Green? Steph in a Curry court? is not playing, the Warriors suck. They stink. Whenever Steph Curry comes back, they win, as evidenced in the couple games before the pandemic began, where the Warriors went eight and two with Steph Curry, and they were the worst team in the league by seven games until Steph came back. They brought their record up from nine wins 
to 17 wins just because of Steph Curry's return alone. So, okay, Clay Thompson doesn't exist. Draymond Green doesn't exist because Draymond was hurt. Nowhere near on the same level as Steph Curry. They would. They all they all fit apart in the same team, do they not? If Steph Curry's not on that team, they don't make the playoffs. Period. If Draymond's on that team, I don't feel like they're going to be as successful. Okay, that's that's fine. But you you said the same thing with LeBron. Well, LeBron's team didn't make the playoffs this year. I'm talking about with the Cavs. Make the play-in with the Cavs. He didn't have Kyrie and still went to the finals. I'm not no, 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 of course. I said, I said he has the same impact on the Warriors that LeBron does on his teams. I said that that's literally what I said. He has more surrounding pieces than LeBron did in 18 and Bro, all that. Those surrounding pieces, Dr- Draymond Green played in exceptional NBA finals. He was so good, he so good in, in NBA finals. Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole were the only people that showed up on the supporting cast in the finals. Only once. And I don't want to hear Clay Thompson's inefficient shooting. I know. Clay Thompson was inefficient. I know. But still, my point is the whole cast to get to the finals is better than whatever LeBron has had. So it's better than what he had in Miami. I'm talking about for Cleveland. Obviously, he had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Okay. I would agree with you on that. Because the Warriors have probably one of the best depths. Do the Warriors not have one of the best depths? Like, I mean, that's yes, my point I'm but, trying to make. Yes, but here, here's my thing. Here's my thing. It you you're is it as big of a gap? At how big of a difference do you think the Warriors' depth is to the Cavs' depth? With very the big, wrong. very big. I agree with that. They got I the number two that. pick not touching the court. Yeah, because he's not that good, and he's very raw, and he's never healthy. That's why. Okay, so a number number two pick is just never going to touch the court. On a regular team. On a regular team. He hasn't stayed healthy. On a regular team, though, right? On a regular team, would a number two pick just sit the bench throughout the most of the year? No, he's hurt. When he was healthy, he still didn't play that much. Yeah. Well, that's my point I'm trying to make. If they don't have the number two pick. Maybe because it's not that good. You're telling me he can't play ahead of Kavon Looney? You're saying he can't or can't? He only had one good playoff game. He only had one good playoff game. Which is the 22 rebound. And he, he should play over him, right? Is, you just said that, right? But why doesn't he? Because he sucks. Probably. He sucks. That, probably. T- probably. You're saying probably. So now no, you're just that. saying probably. Instead well, of I can't actual fact I'm not in that organization. I'm just saying on any team with a number two pick, sit. No. It doesn't happen. They He's don't need him to play. But, and when he was healthy, he still didn't play that much. Correct. Correct. So now you're saying he probably sucks rather than the fact that they don't necessarily need him to play because those two years that they were down, it was because their core was missing. When they got their core back, they're perfectly fine. Steph Curry was missing. Let's get that straight. Their core. Steph Curry. Okay, so if he has an impact on winning, what happened when Curry was playing the majority of the season? They still were not good. What's your excuse for that? What, last year? Yeah, when they were still. That team was horrible last year. LeBron would have took him to the final still. No, they no, he wouldn't. It's Stop back it. in LeBron. Stop it. You just said he had the same effect as LeBron. LeBron took J.R. So Smith. Think LeBron, so you think LeBron would have taken that Warrior supporting cast back, in 2019 back or, in Cleveland? Or, or last year with the plan? You think if, he would have? If, if it was Cleveland LeBron, yes. We're not talking about Cleveland LeBron. LeBron right now is 37 years old. 
Okay. He doesn't even have the same effect as Curry on his team right now because he didn't make the playoffs. That's a terrible argument to make. He's 37 years old. He doesn't have the same effect as Curry. But I'm saying as last year, if Curry couldn't take that team to the finals and he's technically still in his prime, correct? Yes. You could consider LeBron still in his prime, but he's not like Cleveland LeBron. If Cleveland LeBron was on that team, they would have made the playoffs. On that yeah, Warriors team. I agree with you on that. I would agree with so you. How does he have the same effect as LeBron for his team if he can't even win games in the regular season? He did by himself. Win. He by, did himself. Win. by himself. By himself. He has a core. Are you talking, what, what year are you talking about? Last, what year you, was it not last, last year when they were completely yeah, terrible? They won games. They were the eight seed and got robbed because of the stupid playing tournament. So eight seeds won games now when LeBron had nobody and he still was what? They had a winning three? record with a horrible team. A horrible team. That supporting cast was awful. That the, the depth was nowhere near what it was. Andrew Wiggins yes. was nowhere near the same yes. player. You know why? Because their core wasn't there. Clay Thompson was gone. Draymond Green was gone. Draymond was there. Draymond was there the whole year. He got hurt last year. Yeah, he, he missed a couple. He missed like twenty-ish games, but he was there the majority. Of the games is like a quarter of the season. Okay. You make Steph- that same argument with the Cavs. Like, but you, you, you got to pick. We got to stay consistent with me. No, when you, bro. you make that same argument on oh, 20 games, you know, if we had these players with these people, you Draymond Green is not you, but you're talking about Draymond Green like he's some sort of like game changing top 10 player. One of the smartest basketball players in the NBA. I agree with that. If you don't have one of the smartest basketball players on the court, your team's going to suffer. He's a so, leader. So he's a very strong leader of that team. If you don't have that on the court, you're not going to win basketball games. So Steph Curry's not a strong leader. Did they win basketball games? I didn't say that, but compared to Draymond, that's Draymond's role. Okay, that's right. So if that's you don't right. have Draymond on the court, if you don't have your core, you're not going to win games. Steph, Steph Curry took him to the eight seed with nobody, with Damian Lee, Juan Toscano, Anderson, and scraps. And what do you think LeBron's done? Marquise Whenever Chris. LeBron was on the Cavs. What do you think he did? Le- took those teams Le- to the finals. Took those teams to the finals. Mon- would you rather have Amon Shumpert and J.R. Smith or Damian Lee and Juan Toscano Anderson? Neither. That's my point. Neither. I would I would have neither. Okay, there you <laughs> go. And I could, that's why I said look, Steph Curry has the same impact. On wow, the you just said he was the eight seed. One took his to the eight seed and lost to the plan. One took his team to the finals. How is that the same impact? Well, we're talking about right now. LeBron, we're talking about. LeBron is 37 right now. Okay. You can't compare that. Yeah, I can. How old if is you, Curry? How you, old is right, Curry? So let me ask How you this. old is Curry? No, 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 no. Let me ask you this then. If, if I can't compare that, is LeBron James better than Steph Curry? Who would you rather have on your team right now, LeBron James or Stephen Curry? Right now? I mean, LeBron is, like Bob just said, Bob Rathen just said, LeBron's slowing down on defense. So so if you had a one-game winner-take-all, Game 7, right now, you're taking Steph Curry over LeBron? No, LeBron. The Game 7 winner-take-all, I'm taking LeBron in. Come on, bro, it's LeBron. <laughs> All right. Where would you rank Steph Curry? All right. Let, let's switch gears in terms of Steph Curry. Let's talk about current NBA players. Where do you rank Steph Curry among players in the NBA right now? Like, where is he? Is he in your top three, your top five, your top 10? Which, God forbid, if he's only top 10. He's not top 10. He's, well, now everything's changed now because you just, just want to find him in the finals MVP. All right. So, where is he? He's top place? three. Not number one. Giannis is number one. How is he not number one? 
How is Giannis Antetokounmpo not number one? Come on, bro. Steph Curry's number one. Steph Curry's the best player in basketball right now. Oh, he just okay. He won a championship. Cool, fine. He's not better than player. Giannis. Steph, did, who who averaged over over thirty points in this in the playoffs? No, uh, this energy's not here the whole rest of the season. He wins the finals, and people start changing. Giannis is the no, best player. I ain't changed. Okay. I ain't changed. I've been talking about how good Steph Curry. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the NBA. I'm sorry. He's the best player in the NBA. So is Steph Curry two for, then for you? If, if Steph Curry's number two, then I I can I can accept I can accept as long as he's. What no, are we if, What are we basing it on? Who would you want? I who is the best Who is the best player right now? Who makes the best? Who would you, if you were starting an uh, expansion team for one season? You you had a, like a one year fantasy team or something like that. You would you would have Giannis number one, obviously. Who would you have number two? What are we basing on? Are we basing on scoring all around? All around. Curry's not the best, best all-around best, basketball. Best, best basketball player. Who makes Curry's not the best all-around player? basketball player in the NBA. No, he's not. So, so, so you're saying so he's you, offensively. He's more of his defense is slept on, but he's way more of offensive threat than he will ever be on defensive threat. Of course. We're talking about overall basketball players, though. So overall, overall basketball player, you would not take a number in, in your top three. I would take Giannis. Well, this positionless basketball, if I'm taking all these people, I wouldn't take Curry. If it's positionless, I'm taking all the stretch, stretch bigs that could play defense on both ends. That's just my opinion. There's no position, so why would I pick a guy that's far less superior than guys like Giannis on my Far team? less superior. You on defense. Just... On defense. Okay. Listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> Okay, I about I was about crushing there's, right there. There's no positions in basketball, so I'm, of course I'm gonna pick guys like what do we? Well, spread the floor. I mean, what are we talking about? Like, what, what kind of team? Like, what are we talking about? Your your own ideal. You're starting an expansion team, and you are only playing for one year. Your goal is obviously to win a championship. So what's my starting five? What you're asking? No, not even that. Just who do, who would you want? You only get one pick, and the rest are automated. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay, so you take Giannis. All right, all right. and you're going right. to take Curry. I'm take Steph Curry. One pick. I'm going to take Steph Curry as my one pick, and I'm going to win. I'm going to win over 50 games. Win 55 games. Steph, you realize what Steph Curry? Steph, the house. We we just talked to Bob about what Trey Young does to keep defenses honest. Steph Curry does that like times two. You know, Giannis doesn't have to keep defenses honest because it doesn't matter what you do. He's just going to get a bucket because he's seven foot tall. <laughs> okay, that's fine. You realize that, right? And then on defense, you're not going to really get a shot up over him. It's three, three is greater than two, right? Would you rather score three points or two points? What did he have game five? How many threes did he have in game five? Okay, everybody has a bad game. Who I mean, doesn't have a bad game? I'm just saying, would you ever have three or two? A two is a much more reliable shot than a three. Oh, of course, but would you rather, in general, have three points or two points? You'd rather have three. You can look at teams that are shooting more threes than twos, and how are they doing? Well, case by case. Case, case by case. Was, it worked, case for, the it worked for the Rockets. It worked for the Rockets. It worked for the Rockets. And what did the Rockets win? They, they, won, they won. They were the number one seed. How and, many rings did they win? Okay. They, they faced a dynastic Steph Curry team. No, they should have won if Chris Paul didn't get hurt. Yeah, you can make that argument. 
But Steph, I just Steph don't understand Kirby, how you don't understand that Giannis is the best player in basketball. Steph, bro, Steph Curry impacts his team so much that he with his presence core. alone. No, not with a core. That, that core what is overrated. Last year, what happened last that is, year? That core is overrated. Yeah, last year that core did, wasn't did, as good. Did you just say the Warriors core is overrated? Yes, I did. I did. I did just say that. Oh my god! And I'm proud, and I'm very. Oh my gosh! It's oh very. Gosh. Clear. It is. It's not even. Oh it's not even fake. It's clearly oh overrated. It's clearly overrated. Andrew Wiggins, outside of games four, five, and six, was horrible in the playoffs. Jordan Poole was his only good supporting cast player in the. You realize people's core was is not. I'm gonna let you. That's just going. That's your take for today. That's fine. I can't help you with that. You said the Warriors' core is overrated. It's clear. Okay. It's clear as day. You have step. You don't think Steph Curry's top ten. All time. Top 15. <laughs> he has one finals MVP. Everyone else on that list above him has more than one finals MVP. Do they not? Do they not? Are, are we so we're not gonna act like Steph Curry shouldn't have won finals MVP in 2018? We're, yeah, we're just gonna it? not who act it? like that. Who won it? Is she, well, one we all know why he won it, but we all, all gotta say is look, won it. the Warriors core as the Warriors core, right? Kevin Durant needed him to win the ring. They did not need Kevin Durant, which is proven. So how is that core overrated? Because Steph Curry is that great. That's why. So no one else is just Steph Curry. Like, Draymond doesn't exist. Clay doesn't exist. They are solid, very solid, very good basketball players. But Steph Curry is what makes that team great. Not that core. Steph Curry is what makes that team Uh, great. Steph Curry, when Steph Curry, Steph Curry, I'm going to tell you right now, the Warriors are going to win it again next year. You watch. They're going to win it again next year, and then they're going to win another one in two years after that. And then we're going to have a real discussion about Steph Curry on NBA Mount Rushmore. That's what we're going to really have a discussion of. You literally said the Warriors' core is overrated. I can't hear anything else you're saying right now. It's just, I know it hurts you because you're just, it doesn't hurt me. That just doesn't make sense at all. It's just, there's, there's so no it's the, help. It's the, it's the I, I, I tried. Golden State Curry's. All right, I got you. I, I tried. Yes, 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 okay. it is. Yes, it is. Okay. It actually is. Right. Anyway. I tried, I tried, okay. America. Let's that's talk cool. about the Celtics. Uh, that's what I was about to say, because I don't know what you're talking about right now. That's no, you're, cl- you're clearly, you are clearly misinformed. Clearly misinformed. Celtics. No. I'll let you talk about, I know there's one angle with Boston. That you want to talk about? It's just the turnovers. Like you can't, you can't win a game turning the ball over. That's basically the biggest problem. Jason Tatum, of course, underperformed, but like he's still young. His first finals, they got to make a few pieces. I mean, some people are talking about making that trade for Brogdon and some other stuff, but I mean, that was just bad shooting, inexperience, and lots of turnovers. So that's, I, I mean, they had a. Made a great turnaround for 23, 24, 23 and 24 in a regular season to the finals. First year head coach. Can't really ask too much. It is underperformed when the, when the light shot. You know what I mean? He played like a superstar the first three series, but when it came to the finals, Tatum, you know, had a very hard finals. And any person or basketball person can admit that. And I'm saying, yeah, let's say this. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. Now, there's there's a certain line you said to me. He's on the same uh, level as a – where's that energy? I was looking for that energy. That's Chris Paul? Yeah, because yeah. they're disappointed. 
I should have done way better. Oh, and, he's back to Chris Paul now. Yeah, I guess I guess it's back to Chris. But I mean, at the end of the day, he's got a. A lot of people are going to crucify the guy, but he's still young. He's twenty four. Jalen Brown's twenty five. They got a lot of pieces they can build around, and everything. So they'll be fine. They'll be back eventually. You think they make the finals next year? I know it's way too early to kind of predict. They make that, the but... right pieces and trades because, I mean, a lot of people say they they need a point guard. They just need someone to not turn the ball over. I mean, sir, a guy like Malcolm Brogdon would work. Flight will help him get better, but then you got to get rid of Derek White probably because their contracts about match up the same. It's just they have the pieces. They just got to put it together. I mean, Al Horford's going to be 30. He's 36. I don't, he has a team option, so I'm not sure what they're going to do with that aspect. But it's just they might try to rework his deal. Maybe Al Horford will let that happen. But it's just a matter of they got the pieces. They're still young. They're putting it together. They just made the finals. They beat the Heat. They beat, They swept the Nets. And they beat the Bucks. Extremely, so. extremely impressive. I will give you that. Um, I think kind of like the Warriors, they had some luck in getting to the finals. Um, but in the end, I would say that Boston, the turnovers are what killed them. Their free throw percentage killed them as well. Sorry it's- about that. Had a had a call on her. <laughs> now, but. Uh, Free throws killed them. Turnovers killed them. Um, I think it's a good learning experience for them. It's a good. They're still young. It's their first finals, like you said. Um, I think the question now is how much are they going to be hurt by it, and how much work will they put in the offseason? Why are they going to be hurt by it that much at all? Because Grant Williams had a statement. He was talking about their mentality's definitely changed, and of course, people are going to come out the Warriors now because oh snap, hit my whole computer because Draymond's over here being petty. Thompson's calling people freaking bums in press conferences. Hey, when you're a champion, you can do that. I guess if that that suits you. I mean, doesn't suit you. What me? Draymond and Clay should not be. I mean, they won a championship. Clay had a lot to overcome, but you shot terribly. It shot terribly. That's your main role is you're a shooter. You shot terribly. That's fine. You won. I guess, like you said, the Sebastian State. I mean, not the Sebastian State. The Golden State Curries. Uh, <laughs> I actually like that. The Sebastian State Curries. That can be the title of our episode. The no. Sebastian State Curry. <laughs> nah, you. I would agree with you on that point. They were bus riders. They were bus riders. The Steph Curry's bus driver. So and people were very disrespectful to Andrew Wiggins. How are they disrespectful? Literally, to just said he only showed up for a few games. He did. Defensively, games four, five, and six. Defensively, it doesn't. That didn't matter. Defensively, he was he was actually kind of poor. Games one, two, and three. If you actually watch the games, he was actually kind of poor, and he got benched for lack of detail on the defensive end. I'm just saying that Andrew Wiggins did better than Clay Thompson in this finals. The moment Andrew Wiggins, oh, I agree with you. I'd agree with you on that 100. The moment Andrew Wiggins turned it around was actually when Andre Iguodala called him over. And like, and because Andrew Wiggins had his like hands on his knees, kind of like showing like weakness, like tired. We've had this talk um, in terms of like, does it show like weakness in a basketball player if like you you like bend down, hands on knees? Well, uh, Andrew Wiggins did that. Andre Iguodala called him over and like was literally like Steve Kerr was just sit, standing there and Iguodala was just like grilling him. 
in front of like the whole crowd while the Celtics were shooting free throws. And from that moment on, Andrew Wiggins was insane. So you act I, like he has an average 20 his whole career and it wasn't a number one pick. It wasn't an all-star this year. But the core doesn't matter because it's just all. So what's your definition of a core? Two players? Everyone talks about their main core, Straymond Green and Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. Uh huh. Without those two pieces, the Warriors would not be as good as they are. Without Draymond, I might give you Clay. I, I think they'd still win without Clay. I think they'd still be NBA champions without Clay. I, I really do believe that. He still has an effect of space in the court because, like, even though he's missing, it's still Clay Thompson. But does jo- would Jordan Poole Jordan Poole just play more minutes? He'd just play over 30 minutes a night. And would Jordan Poole not do the same thing? I I don't feel like I mean Jordan Poole turned up in what? A few games? Jordan Poole was amazing. These finals. Yeah. The problem with Jordan Poole was he didn't play that many minutes. Yeah. So, which which is exactly. the one. They have all these super, like very talented players not playing that much because, again, their core is that good. That's the whole point. Like I don't understand how you don't see that. Any other no. team, is Jordan Poole not starting? I think I think Jordan Poole, you're, yes, I would agree with you, but – at the same time, who would you do you think Jordan Poole is not better than Clay Thompson right now? In terms of, I mean, I guess you could say that because Clay Thompson is still battling back from the injury, but at the end of the day, it's still Clay Thompson we're talking about. It's fair. It's fair. Uh, good good man, debate. I guess, man. But uh, good I hope debate. you got to leave a sigh out. But great episode, <laughs> of course, today. Real quick, want to get into something real quick. MLB, Phillies firing Joe Girardi. Looks like it's working out for them. Yeah, Angels who's, who's firing talking Joe about baseball. <laughs> I don't, know. don't interrupt my you interrupted my, my my conclusion statements for baseball. But yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, got it. Got go it. I had to get it in. Right. Phillies looking looking better without Joe Girardi. Angels, no Joe Madden, not changing their fortunes. Anthony Rendon out for the year. Big loss. You got any final thoughts? No, because you you interrupted my my closing <laughs> statements and my final thoughts for baseball. Anyways, look how petty you are. Anyways, great episode today. Of course, glad to have another guest. Like we promised last episode, there was a delay because I had to work an overnight camp. I'm sorry for this for my Spurs camps. You know, I couldn't really do too much supervision of kids. Apologize for that. Of course, busy summer for me in terms of working out and coaching and working in general, which is a great opportunity for me to have. Sebastian's trying to make sure I stay on top of this podcast. I want to do the podcast. We appreciate all of y'all guys for tuning in and listening. You know, I hope you guys enjoyed your unbiased sports digest. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.